Stories from Super Touring. On the day this podcast releases, it will have been 20 years since the news of Will Hoy's tragic death broke. And today, we look back to celebrate the life of Will, told by his family, friends, racing colleagues, and the many fans that Will earned along the way. Originally from the village of Melbourne in Cambridgeshire, Will Hoy learned to drive at an early age, using a tractor on his father's farm. When he was given a go-kart as a birthday present for his 14th birthday, the racing bug bit. And with his younger brother James, he was soon competing in local kart races. He couldn't really fault him as a brother. He was a, you know, uh, he was a bit of a, um, a figurehead. Yeah, you know, he was somebody who you know, I always got on incredibly well with him. We were very close to the the family um, and uh, he was very much the sort of the instigator of our um, early you know, days in karting and uh, you know he was uh, you know that much older and just uh, and he had the foresight I suppose to persuade our parents to allow us to go uh, go and do some karting I don't know what age we were but not very old but he had an Austin 10 and I had an Austin 8 and we used to uh, set up various circuits using straw bales as uh, chicanes and hairpins and and uh, made some created circuits and we had a lot of fun. And how we never actually damaged ourselves, hurt ourselves, I will never know, but uh, we survived it. We never actually raced in the same class because uh, I was a little bit younger, so I went into the junior category. Will went into then something called, I think, Class 1 National. And I went in from then. I went from juniors into Class One international. So we never actually crossed. Uh, you know, we never actually raced together that that much until we went into supercars. But um, yeah, but he was always, you know, he always had uh, tremendous ability. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I think over the years we accumulated quite a collection of trophies from different circuits around the country. In 1979. Will moved to Supercarts and promptly won the World Cup 210 meeting. He also led the prestigious British Grand Prix meeting at Silverstone, but was forced to retire with mechanical failure. Will was also a keen fan of rugby union and played as a back row forward for local side Royston Rugby Club, and it was during a boozy post-match session in a local clubhouse that would significantly change Will's racing life. Will approached fellow rugby teammate Hugh Chamberlain, who owned a clubman's Malloch, Will asked if they would be able to do a swap deal and offered Chamberlain a run in his supercart for a go in his Malloc. After a few pints, Hugh agreed to the deal and they soon found themselves at Silverstone trying each other's cars. Hugh recalls the day well. In 2020, he told Motorsport.com, on his second flying lap, he'd done a time that was as quick as I'd ever managed in that car. That wouldn't have mattered were it not for the fact that I'm a pompous ass and I didn't want to be beaten by somebody who'd never previously driven a racing car. Chamberlain saw how quick Will was, though, and soon started running him as part of his team. Clubman cars were front-engined, rear-wheel drive, and at the top level used highly modified 1700cc Ford Kent engines, producing anything up to a reputed 190 brake horsepower. That was quite a lot more than a Formula 3 car of the era, and in fact Clubman cars could more or less match the F3s on a lap time, as they were quicker down the straights, although they weren't quite as nimble through the bends. If anyone could have given an F3 driver a hard time in a clubman's car, it was Will Hoy. A large proportion of the drives in the class were easy-going amateurs, hence the name. But Hoy was obviously taking the whole thing a lot more seriously. There was almost nobody who could beat him. Um, I think, yeah, I think you go back a little bit earlier than that, when he um, started in clubman's with uh, Hugh Chamberlain. 
Um, and that's, that's at the time we we'd had a sponsor in Supercarts, which actually then finished, and we were looking around for a sponsor. And Will managed to persuade my best friend, uh, if it was sitting in a pub having a pint of beer, and this chap said, "Well, if you buy me a pint of beer, Will, I'll consider it." At the end of the night, they shook hands on twenty thousand pound sponsorship. He was always very, very good at uh, looking after the press, the PR side of it. Um, and he really worked everybody very well. So he actually sort of got very, very good publicity. And that was the start of Will's boat racing career. And I was looking on enviously. It wasn't long before Will was starting on pole in his clubman's debut at Silverstone. The dream debut victory was not to be, however, as his throttle cable became loose and Will had to retire from the race. The wins would soon start coming, though, and Will soon became one of the drivers to beat, taking a number of titles. In 1984... Will came third in the Grovewood Awards, a series of British motorsport awards presented each year in the UK to the year's up-and-coming racing drivers. Will was beaten by Mark Blundell and Andy Wallace, but beat future Formula One world champion Damon Hill. He soon had people sniffing around him, interested in him signing for F3, including Eddie Jordan, Chamberlain says. And it was fairly clear that it was time to move on. At the time, a gentleman called Crichton Brown was heavily involved at McLaren, and Will's wife Judy said that Crichton has always said to him that had Will been younger, he would have been a shoo-in for F1. Such was his talent. Will moved on to racing Group C sports cars, making his debut at Monza in 1985. He continued to race in a variety of different international series, racing at Le Mans in 1989, sharing a Porsche 962C with Dominic Dobson and a French youngster by the name of Jean Alessi. Later in that season, he was hired by Jochen Dauer to share his Porsche 962 in some rounds of the World Sports Car Championship. Will also enjoyed particular success in Japan, where he won his class in the JTCC in 1990, finishing second overall in the championship. It was in 1991 that Will returned home to race in Britain. He agreed a deal with Vickley Motorsport to drive one of their BMW M3s for the season. Although Will was well known within the sport, it was only when he started racing in the British Touring Car Championship that he became such a familiar face to the general public. Despite competing sporadically throughout the late 80s in the BTCC, this was to be Will's first season in the championship. The season opener was at Silverstone, and Will had been among the favourites for the meeting since he topped the times during the Thursday practice session on the revised national circuit. The qualifying session was tense, with Will trading pole times with close friend and rival Steve Soper in his pro-drive M3. Soper nabbed the pole, but the race was a different matter. Hoy got away beautifully and into the lead, telling Autosport, I made a flyer of the start, I practiced four starts on Thursday and won this morning, and this one was even better than those. Soper's challenge would only last one lap, with his BMW getting stuck in third gear as he started lap two. After one slow lap around and a lengthy pit stop, he wouldn't bother the front runners again, leaving Will to cruise off into the distance. I just think that was one of those lucky races where the, the lead guy gets away and doesn't get muddled up with the traffic behind. And I mean, these cars are now so close that if you can't get past somebody, you can, you can lose so much time if you're a bit quicker and that you haven't got that power advantage you have with the, perhaps the Sierra Cosworth. And uh, so I think that uh, if one car can get away, maybe he can make a jump and stay in front. But we actually had a big problem last Four laps. I mean, I was terrified. It'd been very easy, and suddenly I started getting a misfire, and uh, I wasn't picking up the fuel properly out of uh, one of the tanks. And so, the last two laps, the car was virtually stopping after cops, 
and it was just like the Group C formula, uh, fuel formula, when you have to run the last two laps on the field just to get to the finish. I mean, I was, I was, I was terrified. Will would go on to win the next race at Snetterton too, in a race more famous for the collision between Jonathan Palmer and Nett and Lindgren. Things got a little trickier for Vic Lee Motorsport at the next meeting at Donington Park, however, as all four BMW M3s had trouble complying with the engine noise limits of the championship. This meant Will had to start from the back of the grid with a 10-second penalty, alongside teammate Tim Harvey in the Labatt's car. Will's weekend of misery continued into the race, when two laps in, the modifications to the BMW to try and lessen the noise level of the engine caused a fire in his car. Will was out of the race. By mid-season, Toyota had caught up with development, and Andy Rouse went on a winning run. But Will's incredible consistency meant he was never close enough to challenge. Whenever Will finished a race, it was always on the podium. Reigning champion that season was Rob Gravitt, who was racing against Will in the Trackstar Ford Sierra Sapphire. Will was such a great guy. He was probably, for sure, one of the fittest of all the drivers. And when touring cars was as it was, um, I suppose you could actually say that... uh, the very best of the best used to come to the UK to racing BTCC. So in the morning, um, we'd all be having bacon and eggs and that sort of thing, and we would be having fresh fruit, uh, yoghurt, and all those other things. So, yeah, it was a great shame that uh, we lost Will at a very early age. Um, We now see his um, children... um, particularly Ellie and Freddie, and you know, he'd be very proud of them. Ellie's just had a, a young baby, so that's brilliant. Um, and, uh, and obviously, uh, it's just a shame that he's now not here to be with us. But I think um, with the history that he made, he's always in, uh, in our thoughts. Um, miss him a lot, um, and we had some fun together. I wish Will was still here. After another win at Brands Hatch, Will's consistency put him in a position to claim the championship at the penultimate round at Thruxton, provided he scored a good enough result. Hoy took the lead of the race, but soon after, he was controversially tapped into a spin by fellow BMW driver Jonathan Palmer. Hoy dropped down the field and later retired. Cleland would go on to finish eighth, meaning he got the points required to take the championship to the final race at Silverstone. Will left Thruxton angry. His race was undone after contact from a fellow BMW driver. Well done, BMW, an angry Will said to team boss Vic Lee after the race. Will wouldn't be angry for long, though, as he finished in front of Cleland at Silverstone and fifth place was more than enough to take the championship by 17 points. And this is the last lap and Will Hoy is almost certain to be champion. He's only got a little way to go now. And this time, Vic Lee, Hoy's team boss, is a very happy man. And Hoy finishes fifth to become 1991's British Touring Car Champion for himself, for BMW, for his team and his sponsors, and very well-deserved it is too. A very, very, very happy team. And a very happy Will Hoy, of course. Team elation at Silverstone with Vic Lee at the centre of it. We've kept the momentum going, we've been scoring points, and it's been a tremendous championship from that point of view. It's all been about keeping scoring points. If you couldn't win, you've had to score points to, to keep the momentum going. And I think that's what, why we've won the championship. We've, we've always been up there. For 1992, Will moved to Toyota, teaming up with Andy Rouse. Apart from the odd blip at Brands Hatch, where Will and Andy famously came together, the partnership worked well. Will and Andy both took two wins each. 
Will took five other second places throughout the year, again outlining his impressive consistency throughout the season. Will went into the season finale in contention for the title, but it wasn't to be his day. That infamous finale in 1992 left Will in second place in the championship, three points behind winner Tim Harvey. As a racing driver, Will was without doubt one of the finest. A highly versatile driver, able to turn his hand to almost any machine. He was also a champion, and with that comes a steely determination, um, great technical knowledge, um, a huge talent, and a gift for exploiting the very best of the equipment that he was given. But it's really as a person that I think most of us remember Will. Um, He was a gentleman to everybody, a friend to everybody, saw the good in everybody and didn't really have a bad word to say about anyone or anything. Um, He was a great rival and competitor, but the friendship off the track, his wicked sense of humour, I think are the things I will always remember. We spent many a happy evening together back in the days when drivers did spend a lot more time together. Many a good uh, meal out. He enjoyed fine wines and fine food um, and getting the most out of life. And those are the really special qualities that I will remember about Will. At the end of 1992, Toyota and Sport parted ways, with the new Carina E model for 1993 being run by Toms. Will told Super Touring magazine... 1992 was such a great year that we really should have won the title. I have a lot of respect for Andy Rouse and his engineering, and looking back, I could have stayed with Andy and ended up at Ford. Toyota put a lot of pressure on me to move with them to Tom's. They felt it would be really good. Will would team up with ex-Lotus F1 driver Julian Bailey, and the two became good friends, despite the odd blip. Ex-Grand Prix driver Julian Bailey is flying. He's attacking his teammate Will Hoy. In fact, he's really attacked him. That's it. Off goes Will Hoy. Skating to a standstill on his roof. It's a good thing Will's strapped in. The car upside down is a Toyota, with Will Hoy crawling out of it. A disaster for Toyota, especially as rival Nissan then went on to take a 1-2 finish in the race. Will was never one to take himself too seriously. As fan Zoe White proves when she told us a funny encounter with Will later that season at Donington. We were at Donington in September 1993, she says, and we queued up for Will to sign our programme. He kindly signed it, and then turned it upside down and signed it again. And then he signed it on both sides too. He then said, that way, if Silverstone happens again, at least you've got my autograph the right way up. Will told Super Touring magazine that he thought the 1993 season was reasonably competitive, but that he thought he'd had a bad car. It was an inconsistent car, he said, which usually affected by the weather. At a warm toker test, it was a quick car, but qualifying would normally be cooler and we would lose half a second. In retrospect, the 94 car made the 93 car look quite good. He was right. Toyota really suffered in 1994 with an uncompetitive car. According to Will, it was a very recalcitrant machine. If you changed things on the chassis, they had very little effect, which was a bit depressing. The big strength of the 1993 Toyota was the engine, which was eradicated in 94. Will finished fifth in the season opener, but that was to be his best result of the season. After three seasons with the Japanese mark, he left Toyota and joined Renault, who recently announced that they would be partnering with Williams Grand Prix Engineering to create a touring car team to run the Lagunas. Will, I've known for quite some time, is already a championship winner, a championship runner-up. 
Patrick um, spent a lot of time talking to Will, gets a lot of good, very good input from him, and I quite sincerely believe, the pair of us believe, that he will make a, a more than useful contribution to hopefully a successful championship season. I had two or three opportunities elsewhere, but when someone says to you, do you want to drive one of the best cars from 1994 with Williams F1 doing the engineering, 99% of people would say yes. The editor of Super Touring magazine was Andrew Charman, who through his work spent a lot of time with Will. I first got to know Will Hoy after I joined Fast Car magazine in late 1991. He was the newly crowned BTCC champion, and thanks to the BBC coverage, a bit of a star, but he was still happy to come and track test our readers' modified cars, and they all found him really down-to-earth and approachable. When I launched Super Touring magazine in 1995, Will was a definite interview for the first issue, having just signed for Renault alongside Alain Menu. Will suggested we meet at his architect's office in London, and when I arrived, he took me round the corner to a coffee shop for the chat. The owner was very Italian and had one of those walls full of pictures of celebrities who had been in his shop. He proudly pointed out the image of Mr. Oi. Will was one of those really good drivers who, after his initial title success, was served up a lot of bad luck. After all, many forget that at that infamous Silverstone finale in 1992, he could have become a back-to-back champion had he not struggled with a down-on-power car while his teammate and team boss won the race. Through it all, he always remained one of the nice guys who I always enjoyed talking to, even when things weren't going his way. He was a BTCC star who left us far too soon. Despite all the promise of Williams and Renault, Will spent the first half of 1995 beset with problems, lurching from one mechanical drama to another, and some questioned if Will still had the pace. At the midpoint of the season, Will got a new Renault and a new engineer. From then on, he stormed at the order. At the Silverstone F1 British Grand Prix support race, Will seemed a different beast. If he finished the race, he was never off the podium, and he took three wins from the final four meetings to take fourth in the championship by the end of the season. Will expected more of the same for 1996, but he endured a tough season. He started strongly, finishing second to Beeler in both the opening rounds. After that, though, he would visit the podium just once more on his way to ninth overall in the standings. After leaving Renault, Will moved to Ford for 1997 to debut the new Mark II Ford Mondeo. The Blue Oval had an extremely poor 1996 season, and there was hope that Will and new teammate Paul Radisich would be able to haul the Mondeo back up the grid. Sadly, it was not to be, although there were a few bright moments. The Ford got stronger towards the end of the season, and Will was normally found in the top 10 and regularly scoring points. Early on in 1998, Will once again demonstrated his ability across all sorts of motorsport disciplines by winning the 1998 Silverstone Rally Sprint TV Challenge, with Tiffany Dell sitting alongside him in the final. Now it's the final surge, throttle to the final finish line. There's Hoy on the outside, Harvey is on the inside, Hoy at the moment looks to have the advantage, Harvey's trying while he can on the inside, but Will Hoy's going to take that checkered flag, Harvey's trying hard, but Hoy is the winner, and doesn't Tiffany Dell like it? It couldn't have been closer. (laughs) It was really close. Hey! Well done! (laughs) Makes up for Daytona. (laughs) Brilliant. It really was. I mean, it's always brilliant when you win, isn't it? Um, But we're doing something completely different uh, in somebody else's cars, (laughs) expensive cars, and uh, we can just play. So, and. 
no pressure as a touring car driver. You probably have more pressures if you're a rally driver. So uh, we just had a, a ball. Will would have more success at Silverstone that year as he took a memorable final BTCC victory for Ford in round four of the season. Will won the 50-minute feature race by 6.6 seconds, giving Ford their first victory in three years. It was an extremely popular win, with lots of rivals delighted to see Will at the top of the podium again. Astonishing story this will be. This championship's taking amazing shape. We're going to have four different winners from four different rounds, four different manufacturers. We've had a Nissan win. We've had a Volvo win. We've had a Renault win. And now with Will Hoy sweeping through the corner for the last time across the start-finish line, we've had a Ford win. team as Will Hoy crosses the line we knew from all the testing because most of it was wet that the car was really good in intermediate conditions and it's we were praying for them in the morning and they didn't come but they came then just right it meant that I could drive really hard on slicks and then the boys made a really good pit stop mega mega pit stop well done Will mega pit stop the guys did really well in the pits and they cooled the right tyres it was fantastic I couldn't believe the the gap I couldn't believe the position you know where where is everybody but that's I guess the nature of the pit stops and the fact that there's a bit of tyre strategy out there so it's a brilliant result for us good old Mondeo Will's Ford Mondeo that year was very competitive in the wet which allowed Will to finish on the podium for a second time at Donington Park Will's teammate for that race was 1992 Formula 1 world champion Nigel Mansell. When Nigel Mansell wasn't at the wheel, Will's other teammate for the season was New Zealander Craig Baird, who found the going tough, being in a new championship with a relatively uncompetitive car. He said he never really settled in the series, but he enjoyed Will's friendship from that season. My teammate being Will Hoy, um, gentleman's probably the only word that you could uh, describe Will. Um, he was just a, you know, an all-round good guy um, and was sort of took me under his wing, really. Um, you know, even down to where we stayed, he said, look, don't, don't just try and organise your own hotels and that. Let me do that for you. We know where we're staying. And there was a good group of people and we'd play a bit of golf. And, you know, I was, I was very lucky. I, I got on really well with Will and he was good mates with with everyone, especially like the the Derek Warwicks and the and the John Clellans, um, Ricard Rydell. We always played golf and would have a dinner and a, a a glass of wine. The 1998 season proved to be the final full season of Will's touring car career. He left Ford by the end of the season and started doing some punditry work for BBC, covering the British Touring Car Championship at the start of 1999. Will had always talked well on camera previously, presenting pieces in the past for the Motor Show and subsequently made a good show of being a TV pundit, a transition he made effortlessly. By the midpoint of the 1999 season, Will was back on the touring car grid, racing an independent Renault Laguna entry for Arena Motorsport, replacing Russell Spence. Taking two class victories, Will was the only independent seemingly able to challenge the dominant Matt Neal in the independence class that season. He was also reunited with Hugh Chamberlain, competing with his Chamberlain Motorsport outfit for two meetings of the FIA GT Championship. Will's last BTCC appearance came at Silverstone in 2000, racing a Class B Vic Lee Racing Peugeot. Will took pole position in Class B for both races, but retired from both with mechanical failures. Despite the disappointment of retirement in both races, it was pleasing for Will to show that he still had the pace. 
in 2002, Will was still very much a part of the touring car championship that made him a household name. He had returned to Arena Motorsport for the start of the season, this time in a management and mentoring role, whilst he also became an expert analyst for ITV Sport, who had taken over the rights to the championship from the BBC. It was in September of 2002 that Will found out the tragic news that he was suffering from an inoperable brain tumour. It is always very positive from the word, from the time he first told the family about it. Um, he just said, oh, I'm going to beat this, and he was incredibly upbeat. Um, but then, uh, even to, you know, to the end, he thought he was going to get better. Uh, he, he never, it never, never accepted the fact that he was in, inoperable, in, incurable. He fought bravely for three months, but at 7.30pm on Thursday the 19th of December 2002, Will sadly lost his fight. He passed away peacefully, not in any pain, and in the presence of his wife Judy at the London Hospital, where he had been for most of the past three months since his diagnosis. Announcing his passing, Will's website read, Will's brain tumour was inoperable, but that did not stop his fight. Using every ounce of the determination he had shown throughout his great racing career, Will lasted longer than many thought he would. On Monday the 23rd of December at 2.30pm in London, a private gathering of Will's family and closest friends bade farewell at a small celebration of his life. Attendees included Sir Frank Williams, Jody Schechter, Richard Lloyd, Ray Belm and Will's 2002 protégé Andy Prio. One of Will's daughters read from the Bible, Mike Smith spoke in praise of Will's life and the small congregation sang Jerusalem and Lord of the Dance. After you know, so we had a you know, private family funeral um, a few days after, and then there was a memorial service um, the following spring. And I think you only know, needed to see the number of people who turned out for that to see it, to see how popular he was. In March 2003, a memorial service celebrating Will's life took place, and some 750 people crammed into St Luke's Church, Chelsea, to remember his life and career, passing as they did so a clubman's car and a Ferrari 250 GTO which were lined up at the door. Journalist John Elwin reported that Sarah Green delivered an address which gave everyone an insight into the Will Hoy that they didn't know so well. The stories of the youngster who grew up on a farm, beginning his motorsport career with his younger brother James, racing around the fields in a couple of ancient Austins, until their uncle put a stop to such activities by changing the lock on the farm's petrol pump. Then there was the Will Hoy who rode so well for his school and played rugby. Most of all, though, there was Will Hoy, the family man. Will's children, Ellie, Libby and Freddie, they too bravely stood up in front of the packed audience and paid tribute to the father that they clearly loved and missed, with Freddie telling the service about how much he shared Will's love of dogs. There was a superb address from John Cleland, who reminded everyone what fun the BTCC used to be, regaling everyone with stories such as the time when he and a bunch of drivers led by Will replaced the wheels on Alan Gow's safety car with space savers just minutes before a race. It was a measure of the esteem in which Will is held that so many of his former competitors turned out to honour his memory. Yeah, and some very, very kind words spoken, uh, in particular by uh, John Cleland. Um, and they, um, it's very, yeah, he, he, he and John were very, very pally, pally um, and John gave a very, very good uh, speech at the, at the funeral, or the memorial service, should I say, and uh, yeah, that was very touching. It wasn't just the world of touring cars who turned out either, for amongst the congregation were Jackie Stewart, John Watson, Patrick Head, Mike Earl, Dick Bennett, David Sears, Vic Lee and Hugh Chamberlain. 
the marshals were represented too by a trio of stalwarts in their orange overalls. BMW, Toyota, Renault and Ford, the four manufacturers for whom Will drove in touring cars, were all represented and they joined together to provide a buffet reception afterwards in the nearby Duke of York's barracks. It was a fitting tribute, but not a day to be sad. Will wouldn't have wanted that. He would have enjoyed the tales that were being recounted afterwards. Later in 2005, Will's former protégé at Honda, Andy Prio, won the World Touring Car Championship. During the interview immediately after the race, Andy dedicated his World Championship to Will and thanked him for all his efforts. I want to thank BMW, I want to thank RBM, I want to thank my family. My daughter has missed her birthday for three years in a row. I love you, Daniela. I love you, Seb. I'm missing you lots. I just want to dedicate this championship to a good friend of mine, Will Hoy, who died many years ago. And... Uh, Still thinking of you, mate, and thanks very much. As a final tribute, who else, other than closest friend on track, John Cleland? Will and I met for the very first time. Uh, we were doing testing at Nagaro. We were doing uh, winter tyre testing, and he was, I think, driving the Vic Lee car. And uh, I was down there with Jeff Allen, and Jeff introduced me to him because Jeff knew him. And uh, that was really the start of a great friendship where he... He became a pal, a golfing buddy. We would eat together. He and Judy came and stayed at our house. We were just, we were really close. <laughs> and that didn't stop us being serious uh, competitors, you know, when we put our crash helmets on. But as soon as we took crash helmets off, it didn't actually matter. We were still buds, you know? Yeah. Uh, Will uh, often thought of as one of the, the cleanest drivers in the touring car field at the time. Um uh, a drive you could go side to side with easily? Yeah, I mean, we, listen, to put that in context, there's a whole bunch of drivers that I competed against that I couldn't trust. If you got, if you gave them the chance, they'd just smack you, either up the back, in the side, didn't matter. With Will, he and I could race, didn't matter what the track was, whether it was someone like Thruxton, Brands Hatch, I could go side by side with Will. I could trust him. I knew that he wouldn't deliberately take me off. We would swap a few uh, wing mirrors, but uh, no, I could trust him implicitly. And he knew I would do the same. I, I'd be hard, he'd be hard, but nah, we wouldn't deliberately take each other off. We always had time when we were uh, in in the 90s. We would we would test on maybe, I don't know, the Thursday uh, then we'd have a Friday off. Then we'd qualify Saturday, race Sunday. And um, we would, uh, on a Friday, I remember he, myself, my kids, Richard Rydell's nephews, we all went to Holton Towers. And we had a bit of fun there. You know, as three close competitors, pretty good buddies. But Will, you know, we would we would play golf together. Uh, against all the others and uh, you know well you get down on the green having been all over the four, all over the, the fairways and you get on the green you put out you go right how many was that Will and you would point and you go one two three four five two <laughs> <laughs> he always underestimated how many shots he took he was great but, yeah I mean I love the love the guy and Judy when he passed away Judy asked me if I would Speak at his uh, his funeral. Mm. He's, uh, he's, he's, uh, 
uh, I tell you, it was hardest. It was a, it was an honour to, to be asked, but it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was uh, just really hard, really hard. And uh, I still, you know, I miss Will. He was a good buddy. He was a real close friend, and you know, you phone him up and you chat to him, and you know, it's a bit like Will Hoy, even Steve Soper. To be fair, I was talking to Steve this week. We've we've all moved on. Well, and I talk to Steve every few months. Jeff Arnold, I'll speak to, you know, a couple of times a month. Will was one of these guys that, you know, I'd have phoned up just for an hour. Unfortunately, 20 years has gone very quickly, I have to say. It doesn't seem like that. Had he still been around today, we would still have been very close pals. There's no two ways. He and I would have been, we'd still have been up to no good. Everybody said, you know, good things about him. And that's the way I'll always remember him. He was just, he was a gent and a, and a lovely top bloke.